Hello, and welcome to Life Lessons from a Total Failure, the podcast, a show that shares stories from passionate people living life on their own terms, and one that reminds us how life's failures and struggles are just the plot twists needed in our own personal stories to help us get to where we were meant to be. I'm your host, MJ Doherty. All right, so we are back for part two with Mr. Blake Ellerby, and uh, I think we got our bachelorette bachelor in paradise stuff out of the way and now we're going to focus on why i had you here in the first place and that's really your uh fitness expertise and your training and and what you're doing and putting out into the world because i think it's it's pretty great and i i'm sure you have a lot of stories and i'm sure you have a lot of content for you know people that you can share so all right so we've established that you a personal trainer you're you know not just like you got a certificate off the internet you actually put in the work and more than that, which is so important, is that you actually have a degree and know the science behind nutrition, uh, which we all hear and we know that really it's 80% or they say or what 90% diet and then the rest is the workout. So tell me more about what you do and what gets you excited and how you, how you got into it and your goals and all that stuff. All right. So I'll kind of try and give you like a condensed um, life story of like the dichotomy between music and fitness. And why music music and fitness has flip-flopped multiple times for me between one being hobby and one being career, one being career and one being hobby. So um, I think I, I, we may have talked about this in the other half, but basically I started working out at a young age and I started playing drums at a young age. And you know, I went off to college and I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew that I wanted to work at FSU's gym because there were really cute chicks working there and the guys uh-huh. and the guys that worked there seemed like really cool guys. That's and Florida was, State? Yes. So that's where you went? Yeah. Okay. Florida State. Go Knowles. So I I was like, all right, well, let's continue on this meatheadness and I'll do that. So when I got the job at FSU's gym, they re- basically required that you become a personal trainer by your third semester. I wasn't just a fitness consultant. I, by the time I was 19 or 20, I was already a certified personal trainer okay. and their program didn't really mess around. So, um, it was cool because they, at such a young age, they already get, they already kind of helped given me such a skill when I was just, I just wanted a cool job at the gym because I was already spending so much time there and it turned into you know, a career. Now at that time uh, I was still knee deep and playing in, you know, punk rock bands and, and drum lines. I, at this point I'd already toured the country internationally in drum corps playing snare drum. And I was in FSU's drum line. I played snare and, um, I got into the music program on jazz drum set. So here I am like, punk rocker fret like uh um you know band nerd rocker right you know gym like i'm doing all these different things like like i'm not just a drummer or just you know people most people like they see my social media and stuff and they see that i'm kind of buff and they kind of write me off like people usually go like oh he's probably like one two three four five i pick i pick them up and put them down like he he can probably count to ten and lift weight like there's a lot more to me than that i'm a very emotional like I'm creatively driven. Right. Um, I actually say this a lot, but people, when people tell me like what defines me or what, what makes me most proud, if somebody like tells me like I have nice arms or nice abs or something, you know, I appreciate that. That's a compliment. They're complimenting me on a work ethic because I've put in work in the gym. But any anybody with a little bit of drive can go work hard in the gym. It's not necessarily a skill. It's a work ethic, which I guess you could consider maybe a work ethic a skill. But when someone says that I'm you know a badass drummer, that gets me excited because they're complimenting a talent. Right. So that gets me really excited because I had to be creative to be a good drummer. Whereas I didn't have to be creative to necessarily have big arms. I had to just do more bicep curls. Right. Um, but both have merit. One's a work ethic. One's a creative thing. So what people don't know is that originally I was a music major. And I'd, I'd grown up playing punk and, and metal and stuff. I'd never played jazz. So here I am going into a, a new thing. I go from from drum lines to, uh, to rock bands to now I'm playing jazz at florida state now like i'm hanging with the jazz cats and all the kids with their fedoras and they're like going to these underground jazz that's great like that's awesome and i like i just was thrust into a new world um so basically i i finished my i think you need 120 credit hours to graduate i finished with like 170 because (laughs) when i my band signed a record deal back home and i moved back home to jacksonville I took two and a half years off of school. The, rec- the record deal didn't pan out. When I went back to school, I changed my degree to dietetics, which is nutrition. Because during the time that I was in Jacksonville, I worked full time as a personal trainer. And I remember, I, I vividly remember one day talking to my boss and I was like, look, you know, I do all this cardio. I lift all these weights. Like I'm in good shape, but I just can't get cut. Like what, what's holding me back? And she said, um, do you eat clean? And I said, 
do I wash my food? <laughs> and she was like, she was like, oh no, Blake, like we need to talk. And that was like, that was the, that was the light bulb. And that, that day I went to the grocery store and I started reading food labels and I was obsessed. Like I, I came home and I took my bread and my roommate's bread. I think you probably saw this if you listen to my bio. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, Jason's bread has more fiber than Steve's bread. And my bread has more cow. And they're like, you're insane. Right. And so I became obsessed with nutrition. And, it, you know, originally it was, you know, selfishly driven. It was like, I can use this knowledge to become shredded. But right. it was like, I can use this knowledge to be a much better trainer and help people. So it was just an all around win-win. So when I went back to school, I changed my degree to dietetics. And I kind of tell people that I had like college part one and part two. Part one was like, Drumline, frat life, fun, party, friends, woo! Part two was like hunker down, organic chemistry, metabolism, the bat, you know, bachelor of science. It was tough. Science crap. Yeah, science stuff, stuff that makes me cry. A lot of a lot of studying, you know. And I, I basically, I, I would have failed chemistry if it wasn't for me going to my teacher's office hours like four times a week for three hours. Like I got an A out of like pity, like because <laughs> I just I work hard. Right. Um. So I wasn't the the fastest learner, but like. But my, I got a B in metabolism, but my teacher told me that this semester, she said, nobody has ever asked more questions than you in my 20 years of teaching. And I was like, I want to know, I care about this. She's yeah. like, she was like, well, you're one of my best A students. And I was like, I got a B minus. She was like, how the hell did you get a B minus? Like, this is all you care about. I was like, doesn't mean I test well. It just right. means I, like, and I was like, plus I selfishly am only remembering the stuff that matters to me. Like, right. Yeah. Um. So I, I had this thing where it was like, you know, I thought I was going to be a, rock star. And then I kind of focused on fitness. And then I got the opportunity to be a rock star and working out just kind of stayed a hobby, but that, that didn't pan out. And then I went back to school to, to focus on fitness, got my degree and then practice as a personal trainer. And then when I got out here, like I joined a metal band out here and they're looking at getting signed. And, you know, so I thought maybe I'll be a rock star again. And then this, I basically, now that I'm 32 at 30, 31, I kind of had to put on my big boy pants and I got to a point where the band was going to go on tour, but we were going to lose money on tour and I was going to basically be coming back to debt and losing a lot of my clients. And, you know, 21 year old me would have been like, hell yeah, throw the stuff in the garage, whatever. Let's make it happen. Woo tour. But 31 year old me was like, I need to be saving money for retirement. What am I doing with my career? I can't, I can't be just dicking around. I can't, I don't want to go get in some 300,000 mile van that's going to break down and lose money. This is a bad business venture. So I had to like put my passion aside and go, as much as I would rather be playing drums and training, like that's not a smart move for my career. That's right. when I felt like I kind of birthed into like Blake the adult. Yeah. So, like I said, to this day, I you know aspiring drummer. Um, <laughs> to, to this to this day, like if I had the opportunity to play drums for a living, I would. Right. If it would be a comfortable living. Yeah. But if you were like, hey, struggle through your 30s and 40s to just barely you know make rent and crass on a sofa, but you'll get to play drums, I'd be like, that's not the drums that I was hoping for so the cool thing is that music is and still still is my my passion and and my hobby but my other passion is i get to help change people's lives so even though the thought of like telling somebody to do 15 reps on squats isn't as fun as playing drums it's rewarding in the sense that when i help transform somebody it's like oh wow like i didn't just like give give someone's ears some love like i changed their life right so that's a really cool feeling that's what gets me out of bed in the morning it's easy to see, though. I mean, music or music may be your number one passion, but you're also completely passionate about health and fitness. And that's what, you know, drew me to you is because you could tell that you're really passionate about it. And I mean, I'm a, I'm a big nerd, if you couldn't tell. Yeah, well, like- you, you really know your stuff and you present it uh, very articulately and you, you really want to put the best out for people so that that they know what's what to do and that's great but like i i totally understand what you're saying because i'm do my speaking and i love being a speaker and i and i wrote the book and that was great and you know i'm gonna have my own tv show and that's so amazing but if someone said to me tomorrow we will give you a chance to sing on a stage for the rest of your life if you drop everything else i'd be like okay <laughs> because like i loved i'm a singer like i love to sing so i get that you know but the nice thing is when you have a passion like drumming or singing or whatever it may be, you can still do that while you're doing the other stuff that can also, that you also love. So it's nice to have multiple passions. And, you know, I think what for fitness, it's something that I wish I had a passion at it. And I, I think you mentioned that you started at an early age. I think it's really important to educate kids young about the importance of not just working out or being active, but nutrition and nourishment and what it means for your life and how it's really the most important thing you can learn because without that and without a healthy, solid body, 
your life is, you know, you may not have a life. It's, it's so important. So when you got out to LA and you started training people, was that fulfilling for you? You know, in LA, it seems to be that your most trainers are training people who are going from perfect to perfection. Yeah. Is that the kind of trainer you are? Or do you like to dig in with someone? And you know, what, what kind of trainer are you? You know, I like to train girls with big butts. And, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's that I'm just, trainer. I'm just kidding. No, I do. I do follow guys that like only train smoking hot girls, and I'm like, how did really? you get? How did you get into that field? That's funny. Um, no, so I'll tell you. I have a cool story for how I got to LA. So I was in LA out here on a road trip for fun, and my friend who lives here, she said, Blake, I know you're a trainer. You should stop by Equinox. And I was like, what's Equinox? And she goes, oh, it's like the super high end gym. And I was like, well, yeah. And yeah. for and for, I mean, I never knew what Equinox was until I moved here. So. People who are not from New York or L.A. or a major city, Equinox is a gym that charges two hundred dollars a month for membership. I paid I paid two thirty five so that I can go to go, Equinox. Yeah, Equinox. and it is it's like the Ritz Carlton of gyms. When you go to an Equinox, it's like a status symbol. One hundred percent. Yeah, it is not worth two hundred thirty five dollars. You're paying. It's like a country club. You're paying to go to the cool club. But I object. I yeah. think it is worth it because they're immaculately clean. They have really nice Kiehl's products in the bathroom, which I love. (laughs) And you know what? Like, gyms can be scummy, germy places. And I actually like that there's not 7 million people packed into one room and that, you know, when you walk into like an LA fitness or a 24-hour fitness and there's that like that damp sweat fog and the smell, I can't stand that. That's why I really like Equinox. I can't afford it. Um, Equinox, if you want to give me a free <laughs> membership, I will advertise for you big time. So you got here and your first in was, would you like to... I, she said, just promise me. She, she said, promise me you'll just stop by one. One just opened up in the marina and it opened two days before I got there. And I said, okay, I'll stop by, but I don't see what the point is. She was like, I don't know. You might want to just work out there. It might be cool. Just She was like, just promise me you'll go look at it. And I looked online and I saw that they were hiring, but you had to have like in-house education. And I was like, well, I don't have whatever they were talking about. So I remember I was in the car with my friend who was on the road trip with me and we were in traffic and I was arguing with him because we were trying to get to Equinox. We couldn't find it. And I was this, I was this close. I was like at my wits end. I was like, like let's just, it. let's yeah. just go eat. Like I'm hungry as a stupid, let's, who cares about the stupid gym? And Jason, my friend pointed up and he was like, is that it? And we saw a little sign in the distance that said Equinox. And I was like, okay, there it is. Let's go. So I was this close to not having this conversation with you right now. Right. So we go there. I walk inside. I meet the guy that would be my boss, the personal training director. And he was just like, he's like, you're a personal trainer. I was like, yeah, this is an awesome gym. He was like, never heard of Equinox. I was like, no, this is really cool. He was like, would you like to work here? I was like, I can work here. He was like, didn't you say you just took your CSCS? And CSCS, for those that don't know, is Certified Strength and Conditioning Specialist. You have to have a four-year degree to sit for it, and it's much more difficult. That's like the higher echelon, right? Yeah. Anybody can be a CPT. Anyone can be right. a certified personal trainer. You can you get... Can, yeah. I see Groupons to yeah. become a CPT. You like get like videos in the mail, and then no, you can You can go it, right? online right now, pay 50 bucks, take like a 30-question test, and you're a certified personal trainer. Okay, yeah. So there's a difference, folks. Yep. Um, the same way, and to be fair, I am not a dietitian. I'm legally allowed to say that I'm a nutritionist. I did not go on to do a 1200 hour, you know, nine month internship and become a licensed dietitian. So I cannot treat somebody with medical nutrition therapy that has a pre-diagnosed medical illness, but I can help any average person with nutrition. That's why I tell people I'm a nutritionist. People are like, oh, my friend Blake, he's a dietitian. Like, don't say that. I'm not a dietitian. But other people go, oh, my friend's a trainer. I'm like, I am a strength and conditioning specialist. (laughs) (laughs) There's so much terminology. That that intimidates women too, because they're like, oh, well, he's going to make me like buff and like football and stuff. And I'm like, no, it means that like I, I understand the composition of your body well and can make you perform better than the average trainer. Right. Um, so we go to the gym and the guy was like, so you took your CSCS? And I said, yeah. He said, do you think you passed? I was like, pretty sure. He was like, well, you got a job if you passed. <laughs> and I was nice. like, all right, cool. So that, that quick, huh? Yeah. So the plan was, um, two, that's, I took the test in San Diego. So the plan was two days, San Diego, two days, LA, two days, Vegas, then drive back to Florida. Well, we still left LA, went to Vegas for two days. And then I came back to LA and then flew my friend home instead of us doing the cross country road trip. Like that would have been three days of crap on I-10. So right. he was happy to fly home anyway and get yeah, more yeah. time in LA and crashed on a friend's couch until I could get a place. And, and you know, I just worked at Equinox. How it works. You know, we talk at this podcast a lot about like taking like leaps and, and just going for it. And it sounds like one of those things, like it was meant to be, you went in, you took the leap and you, you got to LA. And so was it all smooth sailing? I mean, I, you know, I, I grew up and a buddy told me about, you know, pumping iron and I watched that and I'm like, oh, how cool is that Arnold? Like works, yeah. it works out in Venice and like, 
I, I just I did you have I, a moment I where you went to that gym in Venice yeah, and was like, well, I, wow, I'm here. That was that was one of the stops. I was like, during my two days here, I'm going to work out at Gold's Venice. Um, yeah, I'm such a bro. And uh, you are such a bro. I mean, oh, mine yeah. was like, I got on set and I saw my big thing was when I went into CBS Studios and the silhouette of Carol Burnett was on the soundstage and I almost had a stroke. It's like, oh my God, I'm in Hollywood and this is where they shot the Carol Burnett show. I'm not old enough to even remember the Carol Burnett show, but that's my thing. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to work out. And I'm like, Carol Burnett. <laughs> um, yeah. So I got here and it was, it totally was like the honeymoon phase. Yeah. It was like, we're going to have this really cool job, this really cool gym. And like, I didn't even, like when I watched Pumping Iron a long time ago, I didn't even know that Venice was like in LA. And I remember I just, I fell in love with the West Side. I loved that there was perfect weather all the time. I could oh, just yeah. go to the beach and I could work out and there's hikes and so much awesome stuff to do. And my friends back home would ask me, they're like, how's LA? And I'm like, oh, the weather's perfect. And they're like, really? Like, you're not, like, like what about the nightclubs and like Hollywood and girls? And I was like, no, like I, I get to work out at the beach all the time and like go like, I like I, I I'm totally a West Side guy. Right. Now I love to like you know once in a blue moon I love to get all dressed up and go to a nightclub in Hollywood just like everyone else. But I just that's not really my scene. It's just so fake and I don't have the kind of money that those people do to throw around. Like right. I just I love my laid back you know kind of four twenty friendly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like so okay so you're living this life in 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 the West Side and it's going well for you and and you start being a, a trainer. Um, you start doing well. And then we talked about how it led to, you know, you being a fitness model. What was it like being a fitness model? What is it like to be like known for looking perfect? Like I can't even, I can't imagine what that's like. I mean, tell me about it. What's it like being in your underwear and people are taking pictures because you're perfect? What's that like? Uh, it's very, it's very flattering. Yeah. Um, what's funny is that like a lot of times in those photos, I diet for weeks to look like that. And I only look like that for a short period of time. Is that hell? But, but I, yeah, you're starving. It is hell. And I, but I rotate those pictures out on my social media and people think I look like that year round. And they're like, how do I get cut like you? I'm like, just be miserable for a few months. And then, <laughs> and then, Ate your life for um, a month. Yeah. But, uh, like one of my dreams from the time I was a little kid, I read Iron Man magazine every month and I was like, I would kill to be on the cover of Iron Man. And I haven't accomplished that yet, but I never thought I would just kind of fall into this. Like I, like I already, I always knew like LA would be great. Cause I was like, all right, I'm a drummer. It's a great place to be a musician. I'd love to get into fitness modeling. That's like the capital of fitness. I'd like to be a personal trainer. You could train celebrities there. Like I just right. knew like something will happen if I can get there. And so when I did the road trip out here, it was kind of like just pre-screening. It was like, I'm not going to move somewhere without, somewhere without checking, checking it out first. So when I got out here and I got a job on accident, it was like, cool, like I'm staying. Um, but I, uh, I was on the reel. I was like the shirtless Chippendales dude. So I was on. Oh, yep. The I show was on, the reel. Yep. yep. I saw that. So I was on national television, like spinning a little wheel. And I was like, this is kind of cool. You had the big bling around your yeah, chest. So the, so you had... it was, the segment was called um, like pay my bills, like with Mr. Bill. And what's oh, funny yeah. is that my first name is William. So, so Mr. Bill, like paid, paid your bills. And then, um, I still to this day have not seen it, but I'm on like a five DVD disc set of the remake of the trampoline workout. No. So there's a girl like leading it in the front and then me and another girl in the back. And I'm literally like bouncing side to side on a trampoline. Like, yeah. Okay. We, we need to Let's find go. that. <laughs> I, I need to find that. It's called my, it's called Miami beach fitness or Miami beach life. And what's funny is we shot it in Malibu. There are no fucking cliffs in Miami. I know. Like it's the most ridiculous. <laughs> so you are on a tramp. I'm going to find this. Yeah. Guys, I'll find it and I'll post it. Because I, I asked the girl that like kind of did the whole thing. I was like, where is this? She's like, oh, I don't even know. I was like, why, why haven't I seen it? She was like, oh, it's like killing on the infomercials in Europe. I was like, I just want to see it. Like, That's hilarious. So I haven't seen All it. Right. If anybody knows where this is, let us know. Um, I also did uh, – I did. Uh, I got paid to be to be shirtless and walk down Rodeo Drive in, je in blue jeans promoting um, Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce on Bravo. Oh. And we all we all got, like, there was 30 of us. Like, just imagine 30 fitness models in jeans just walking down Rodeo with airbrush on our shirt, different motivational things. So mine said, um, smart is sexy. And others said, like, you know, like, moms are the new hot. I, I remember. Just, I saw this. Yeah. I, I saw pictures of this. No, I can't imagine that because I probably would get paid to keep my shirt on. Yeah. <laughs> They'd be so like, man, like, here's your money. Go into a closet and shut the door. Yeah. So, like, so like before, uh, before Exile and before the Bachelor franchise, like, I had already done some really cool things. And yeah. I was like, this is all so random. Like, these things just fall into my lap. Which is so LA. I'm not, isn't I'm not it? yeah, I'm not going out casting. What happens yeah. is somebody sends you a text and they go, yo, I know this guy. And he said, that you, like, you should, you should, like, text this guy back. 
This is exactly how it, everything has worked for me here. I don't it's have so to be random. on LA Casting. Somebody's on LA Casting that will message me and go, yeah. dude, this, they just described you. Like, do this. And it's like, and it's so fun. That's the exciting thing about LA, as I always say, you never know what's going to happen to you when you wake up in the morning. Yep. Your life can change. So that's why I got so, like, like kind of, I was kind of bitter about the Bachelorette thing because a lot of people were like, you're on there for the wrong reasons. I was like, no, producers found me. Right. Like, I didn't cast for the show. They found me and I agreed to do it. Like, and the thing is, it sucked because all your experiences had been so cool. Yeah. So, but we've already, we already, we already hammered out the bachelorette. I mean, it is pretty cool that, and of course I tease about, you know, how it must be nice that you're a fitness model, but you put the work into it. So you deserve every accolade that you get. So I thought like for this part of the podcast, it'd be kind of fun to, to ask you some questions. Um, that might help people who are listening, especially as we're going into the holiday season. And it's a really tough time for people when it comes, even people that are fit and healthy, it's a, it's a hard time of year to stay on track. And do you have any, you know, pointers or things for people to think about when they go into the holidays to keep, to keep them from going across a line that, you know, is, is too hard for them to get back? It's too easy for people to say, Oh, I'll worry about it in January. For me, that's a spiral. Um, you know, you have to, part of it is right. Making it a, a, a routine and making a daily thing. So what do you, how do you think about the holidays? What do you tell people going to the holidays to how to, how to stay on track? Sure. So there's a, a couple things. So statistically, we know that most people, let's say you gain 20 pounds over the course of 10 years. So that's you know, two pounds a year. Most people gain the bulk of their weight during the winter time. Right. And that's when there's, that's when it's, oh, I have all this candy from Halloween and then Thanksgiving and then Christmas, screw it. And then here in LA, like we have to be conscious about our appearance all the time because it's pretty perfect every day. But in every other part of the country, people are like, it's winter time. Fuck it. Like Throw I got on a, the big I sweater. Got a sweatshirt on. Yeah, like yeah. why would I need abs now? Right. So, and then that's, that, that used to be my mentality. Like as I had the bodybuilder mentality, which was I would bulk in the winter and then I would shred up in the summer, like look good during the best time to look good and then get big when, when who cares? You're wearing a sweatshirt. Right. So here in LA, when you're a fitness model, it's like, nope, you just need to be a little bit hungry all the time. <laughs> that um, sounds awful. <laughs> yeah, by the it way. is pretty terrible. <laughs> um, when I look, when I look my best, I feel the worst. Cause right. Because it's, it's just like people are like, oh, you're shredded. I'm like, but you look like you're having a blast drinking that beer and eating those chips. Like, I would love to be you right now. I'm like, would you like some of my diet sprite? I have some watermelon with me if you. Want oh, some. that's awful. Um, so the biggest thing is that you. You want to make fitness a lifestyle. If you go on a diet, you're going to go off a diet. Because if you believe in quick fixes, you're going to have quick failures. So the thing I try to tell people is, one, is you don't want to develop an eating disorder. There's a lot of this kind of being propagated out there that if you that certain foods are clean, certain foods are good, certain foods are bad. All foods contain calories. All right. foods contain carbs, fat, protein, fiber. So... You, you know, it's better. It just this is a broad statement, but the more veggies, the more fiber in your diet, the better. The more protein it has, a thermogenic effect. Some people are better off higher carb, lower fat. Some people are better higher fat, lower carb. But the common denominator is caloric restriction. Right. So things that are calorically dense, like peanut butter, ice cream, pizza, whatever, those things are very easy to overeat, and they also taste the best because they have the most stimulating things, like carbs, fat, and sugar, salt. Right. Um, well, sugar is a carb. Um, so I always try to stress that to people. They're like, this has no sugar. I'm like, it still has carbs. Carbs right. become sugar once they enter your body. Glucose, right? Yeah, glucose. It all breaks down. Yeah, gluconeogenesis, my favorite. Um, so the thing I try to tell people is, I want you to picture this. Imagine that you have like a prep coach and he's like, you got to eat clean, bro. Like only chicken breast and broccoli, only sweet potato, like no white potato, only brown rice and not, not white rice. And no, you can't have, you have to have tilapia, whatever. Well, if that coach tells you that you can't have pizza, now in your mind, pizza is bad. Right. And so you can't have pizza. Like enjoy your life. Good luck. Good luck. You know, good luck living a life of no pizza. So let's say you make it like two months and you normally have pizza once every other week or something. Right. Now you've made it two months and you have a sh like a crappy day, right? Like your boss fires you, girlfriend breaks up with you or someone cuts you up, you know, whatever. Like you have a moment of vulnerability and you, and you cave and you go and you get a pizza. But now you go and you eat an entire pizza. You binge. And you're like, I've been wanting this for so long. You think it's going to take the pain away or make it better or whatever. And you now, figure, I already had one, so I might as well have it all, get out of my system, and then I'll reset tomorrow. Yep. And so what happens is Story the moment that you finish eating the pizza, Feel terrible. You, you're like, I'm a piece of crap. Yep. I don't have what it takes. I've let down my coach. I've let down myself. Like I have no... I have no discipline, like I am garbage, and this pizza is bad, and I ate it, so I'm bad. Right. Well, imagine you have a coach who says, I want you to practice moderation and lifestyle, and I want you to, instead of having you know, two slices of pizza at lunch every day, you're going to have two slices of pizza once a week on Fridays like with your friends, and you're going to go celebrate pizza and look forward to the pizza. Now you can have 
two slices of pizza, you know, once a week, you know, each week, that's four weeks, that's what, a whole pizza a month that you've moderated and you can have pizza as part of a healthy lifestyle because you're moderating and now you're keeping that craving at bay, but also pizza is being what it should be, which is enjoyable. You should right. go have pizza and afterwards you should be like, hell yeah, I had some dope ass pizza today. Right. Not I had pizza. I'm a terrible person. Right. Like, so you should like, you should love ice cream. You should love pizza. You shouldn't hate these things. You know, like they, like, it's not like it's same like people with beer, like they go out and they get wasted the next morning. Like I'm never drinking again. Like, yeah, no, you're gonna, you probably right. should have just had less beer. <laughs> right. You yeah. should have had moderation. less beer. Like, yeah. So it's not sexy to tell people that moderation is the key. It's easy right. to be like, you need to do this diet or this diet, this trick or what, you know, what, you know, but the fact of the matter is you just really need to moderate. And the other thing too, is that it, it is true. You can't out train a bad diet. It's far easier to not take in calories than it is to burn them. Imagine that, imagine that a soda is 100 calories and you have to run one mile to burn 100 calories. What's easier, having a water with dinner instead of a soda right. or running a mile? Oh, absolutely. So don't, don't have the soda. So the thing I try to tell people is, and they're like, what, you, you're telling me that I can't have soda? I'm like, no, you can absolutely have soda, but you need to earn the soda or account for the soda. Maybe you have three sodas a day. You need to have one soda. I was going to ask you about that. So how do you feel about people that look at, I'm going to eat a lot, so I'm going to earn it, so I'm going to run five miles beforehand? You think that's a healthy mentality or can that hurt? So a long time ago, I wanted to prove a point to a girl and I, I did a 15K, which is 9.3 miles. And I've, right. I'm not a runner, but I, I did it and I, I beat her and my buddy like picked me up and I was like, let's go to Five Guys, which, you know, Five, yeah, guys, five yeah. guys. yeah. And, um, you know, I, I, I normally drink diet soda or no soda at all. And I had like a large Coke, large fry, large double, whatever their worst burger is. And my buddy was like, and I was like, oh, and I ate it. And afterwards I was like, man, I shouldn't have had that. I feel terrible. And he goes, why, man, you earned that. You just ran a 15 K. And I said, well, actually there's more calories in what I just ate than the amount that I burned. He was like, there's no way. I was yeah. like, no, yeah, I just ate more than I burned today. He was like, really? I was like, people don't realize how dense like these yummy, like cheap foods are. Yeah. So if you can have them moder in moderation, that's fine. But my advice to people is don't go into something like Halloween or a birth, like Here's the other thing. A lot of people are like, oh, well, like when I, when I train clients, I go, well, how was your weekend? And they go, oh, I was bad. And I go, why? And they go, well, it was my spouse's birthday or it was my mom's birthday or it was New Year's. It was Memorial Day. It was this. It was a tailgating. I, I go, look, if, if you only, if you made an exception for every exception, there's an exception every week. Right. Like, so you got to moderate by like when you go to that person's birthday party, you have half the slice of cake. Like when right. you, you have to moderate. Um, or but, if it's vanilla cake, you're not a real vi big vanilla person pass, yeah. but if it's that cake that you love, go ahead and have it. Yeah. So, so moderation is the big thing, but I try and tell people like, don't think about it as like, okay, I was bad. And then now I can make up for it. Yeah. Like don't, I, I, don't put emotions on it. Yeah. I say you should try and earn it. So like for me, instead of going for like, if let's say you're not, not weak minded, but let's say you just don't know if you have what it takes to not, to not overindulge like on Thanksgiving, yeah. um, instead of going into Thanksgiving, like. Okay, I'm just going to try my best to not eat that much. Go into Thanksgiving like I'm going to bust my ass in the gym every day this week and I'm going to go ape shit on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Like earn it first. Don't don't try to make up for it on the back end. Don't go I was bad at Thanksgiving and then I'll fix it. Go, no, I'm going to earn that. Like I'm going to lose 2 pounds this week and that way if I only gain 1, you know, when I feast on Thanksgiving, I'm still at a net, you know, progress. Yeah. So earn it. Like think about it as like people are like, "Oh, I'm going to go have pizza." I'm like, "Did you did you work out at all this week? No. Well, you didn't really earn that pizza. You should right. probably earn your pizza. Well, I think the hard part, though, is, is again, with my struggles, I've got, I get to the point where I get so, like, the pluses and minuses of calories that I'll be like, oh, well, I just burned all these calories, like, and then I ate them and I just wasted that and I shouldn't have eaten that because then I just negated all the stuff I did and it can drive you crazy. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, obviously, right now, I'm not one to be giving out <laughs> fitness advice, but, like... I know I don't eat turkey all year. I have turkey on Thanksgiving. On Thanksgiving, I'm going to eat turkey and I'm going to enjoy it and I'm going to love it. And then Friday comes and it's over. And I think that what I, what I see from really healthy people that have a healthy uh, um, relationship with food is that they don't let the food have such power over them. Your mental state is everything. Um, I think we, we talked. Yeah. Sorry. We uh we talked a little bit earlier about how you were saying that sometimes the hardest thing is kind of just getting back in the in the gym or like like especially here in LA where there's so much pressure on your appearance and all this kind of stuff. I mean, I watched um I watched a YouTube channel on a, a popular fitness competitor that works out of Gold's Venice and she lost like 30 to 40 pounds and got shredded for a contest and then she 
just blew back up like two or three weeks after the contest. And even though she's a top level competitor, she was so embarrassed that the other people at Gold's Venice yeah. would see her not but in contest shape that she went and worked out at LA Fitness for or like nine months until she felt confident enough to go back to Gold's to make an yeah. appearance there. So imagine if you're like, you know, 15 pound overweight gay guy at Equinox West Hollywood and you're afraid your other gay peers are going to judge you because you're, you know what, you have a four pack and not an eight pack. Like that's, I don't, that, I, like, <laughs> I don't have to worry about that because I'm legit the fat guy in West Hollywood. I'm the only one here. So I just kind of like, oh, it's, it's the fat guy. I'm like, hey, guys. But you're, yeah, you're a novelty. You're I have no there. expectations, which is which works for me right now. Um, So that brings up a good a good point that I wanted to ask you about. So for people that are listening and maybe they're really struggling with weight or they really want to get onto a program, like what's the best advice you can give someone on just how to start? Like how do you start just because – how often do people lay in bed at night going, tomorrow I'm going to start, or I'm going to start this diet on this day, or, but then they just get so overwhelmed. Like, what's the best realistic way to just start and get it under control? So a couple things. First, so think about, you know, you may, may have heard of like the secret or how people talk about they manifest destiny and that kind of right. thing. Yeah. Well, there are like fake it till you make it. Um, well, whether, I think that's like my middle name is MJ, fake it till you make it. Dirty. There you go. Well, whether whether you're not like you believe that's true or whether you can really manifest something or something's fate, the fact of the matter is if you believe something is true, it's more likely to happen than it's not. Right. You know, it's kind of like the glass is half full, it's half empty, empty. Like the glass is, the water's in the middle, but you're choosing to view it through the, you know, through the lens of, okay, no, but it's half full, it's not half empty. So you have to put yourself in the mentality of what you're trying to be. So let's say you want to lose 40 pounds. Well, if you want to lose 40 pounds... You have to imagine that you've already lost that 40 pounds and put yourself in the in the headspace of I am that person I'm trying to become. What would that person be doing daily? So let's say that the newer, better, fitter, like ripped abs you knows to have a leaner breakfast, a leaner lunch and lives an active lifestyle. Well, you do that now and you wake up tomorrow and you still look the same. But you have to do what you would be doing in the future to become that future. So like you said, the hardest part is usually that hurdle. So the first step is, is mindset, just knowing what you want to accomplish. But then it's just how do you get from A to Z, right? right. So if the journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. Like if you're just thinking about how far away it is, you're not going to take that first step. You have to go, the goal for today is one step. The goal for tomorrow is two steps. The goal for this week is a half mile. The goal for this month is one mile. And suddenly you build confidence from the little steps. So this is something I did with Sarah too. I told Sarah, I was like, I trained her at the park and it was kind of like just us and she felt very comfortable. And I told her, I said, you know, you know, if you, if you can pay me another, you know, 12 bucks, I can pay the studio fee. I could train you at the studio. And she was like, <gasps> work out at a gym. I was like, it's a private studio. Everybody's really nice. Nobody's going to judge you. If they do, I will kick their ass. It's, it's fine. It's a safe space. It's not like a big, crazy 24 hour. Right. Um, so we went to the studio and she was super anxious at first and now she loves it. But I told her, I said, your goal is just to go to the studio. Your goal is just to set foot in there. And so I tell people, I say, look, you know, if you want to get in shape, don't put all this pressure on yourself to be like people, people like when I've, I've worked in gyms forever and people come in the gym and they get to like a breaking point, like they snap and they're like, they, they walk straight into the gym. They don't even look at the gym. They're like, I'm signing up, signing up for the, the biggest contract you have. I want to train five days a week. I'm like, whoa, I'm like, just make your goal. You've already accomplished goal one. Goal one is you came here. Okay. Goal two, the goal for next week is come here once. I'm like, you don't even have to work out. The goal is just set foot in the gym. Come to the gym, use the bathroom, leave. Like, right. And then your next goal is maybe you're super intimidated by weights. Okay, come to the gym, walk for 10 minutes on the treadmill, and then leave. And I guarantee you after you walk for 10, you'll probably want to walk for 20 or 30. Right. Now you get comfortable with the cardio. And like, then I tell people, like, look at the people around you. Like, do you see anybody shaming anybody? You like, there's for every 10 awesome people, there's one guy that's like creepy and looking at people weird or whatever. That welcome right. to the world. Yeah, like, right. That's not just the gym, that's the movie theater, that's the mall, that's everywhere. And remember yeah. that when you're looking at them looking at you, you're still looking at them too. Yeah. <laughs> we all do it. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, so I tell them, I was like, you just, you have to set short term goals and long term goals. If, you're, if your goal is like, I'm losing 20 pounds the first month, like, what happens if you lose 19? You didn't achieve your goal and you're a letdown. Well, what if you made your goal the first month to just go to the gym four times and you go 10? Well, you've far surpassed your goal. So if, right. if you set short-term, easily achievable goals, you you snowball. You build on that confidence of like, man, I only – like like somebody – like Tim Ferriss or somebody was talking about this and he said there was a guy that like would never floss his teeth. And he told himself, he was like, I'm going to floss between two teeth like once a day. And by the time you get out the floss to floss one tooth, you're going to floss the rest. But he right. told himself – I'm just going to floss one tooth. 
so that's why I tell people with the gym, it's like, you're not going to go in there and bench press a gajillion pounds and lift for an hour and like crush the advanced yoga class. And you, right. you're going to go in there and you're going to feel awkward at first. And then you're going to embrace that awkwardness and you're going to realize nobody else there knows what the hell they're doing either. Right. And you're just going to embrace it. And it's going to be awesome. So I think that's really good advice. And it's something that I, you know, kind of say off the record, but now I kind of say on the record that I, I've lived in my life as a motto is to like under promise over deliver. Do it for yourself. Set set your goals lower so you can achieve them and then raise those goals as you go. Is that what you're saying? So like keep them obtainable because then you'll build up the confidence to to make your goals larger and achieve them. Yeah. And I think that's a really it's a really good way to have it because I mean, I can think of so many TV shows. I'm gonna I Choosing between Roseanne or Sex in the City. Okay, Sex in the City. Miranda makes a has a cake, and then she decides like she's going on a diet, so she throws the cake in the garbage. Right? It's like, well, she can't have that cake in the house; she's gonna get rid of it. But then she goes to the garbage and like picks it out of the garbage. You know, Roseanne goes on a diet, so she takes the trash and goes over to the to the pantry and just throws everything out because we have this all or nothing mentality. That is my biggest problem: is I'll be like all in, and then I fall off, and then I'm off. And, and if you just keep it obtainable, well, then you don't have those emotional highs and lows, which everybody who knows me knows that's my whole thing is don't let the highs be too high, the lows be too low, keep it in the middle. The more you can keep it in the middle, the more manageable it is. And it's not like, imagine that like you're on a path somewhere, right? And you're just, you're walking forward. And every time you go to the gym, every time you make a good food decision, you take a step forward, right? And every time you make a bad decision, you take a step back. But then you make another good decision, you take another step forward. So it's going to look a lot like forward, 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 back, forward, 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 back, 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 forward, 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 back, forward, forward. Like, and it's going to average out to being a net positive because you're moving forward mostly. People get in this black and white mentality of like forward, 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 back, fuck, start over, go back to the beginning. But the beginning is Monday. No, it's just the the beginning is the next time you eat, that's that's a new choice to make a better decision. The next time you go to sleep, that's a new choice to get more than six hours of sleep. The next the next day is an opportunity to go to the gym when you did the day before. It's not I'll start next month. It's not I'll start Monday. It's I'll just make a better decision. And this is why I think that you're such a great trainer and so good at what you do because you do get how like people that have weight issues think because that's exactly how you think. I could have the best week of my life and then Pete and I will go and get hamburgers and, and then we split a bottle of wine and i'm like well i just screwed it up so i guess i'll you know this weekend we might as well just blow it and then i'll start over on monday then monday comes and goes and then tuesday comes and goes and then you have to i feel like i have to start all over again which is silly i mean it's like if you were knitting a sweater and you like you know made a mistake on one sleeve would you throw the whole thing out or would you just like take out the part that you did? I don't know why I went to knitting a sweater. <laughs> I have never knitted, like, but I couldn't think of something that you would, and that's the weirdest thing I ever came up with. But yeah, like you wouldn't just start over. You know what I mean? Um, if you, if you're driving, if you're on a road trip and you get off at the wrong exit, you would just turn around and go home. You would just, you yeah. know, figure it out and, and get I'll, back on and keep going. I'll give you a perfect example of how I, how I moderate in my own life. So I don't go out that often. And a good buddy of mine, um, it was his birthday party, uh, it was his birthday Saturday night, and he's going to see this awesome rock band, Black Pistol Fire, had a great time, and I was like, all right, I normally have a client Sunday morning, but I didn't this Sunday, so I was like, I can stay out late, I can I can drink, this is like this is a cool kid, this is, a, this is an awesome rock concert, if there ever was a time that it would be okay for me to indulge, like, I have a morning where I can sleep in and nurse a hangover, like, I've earned this, I never, I don't drink that much, right. but I still chose to moderate, because it's just always in the back of my head, so I went out. And I was running late, so I drove. And I was like, all right, well, I can't drink too much because I drove. But it's not like I can't afford it. If I really wanted to, I could get hammered in Uber and just Uber back to my car. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Right. So I go out, and I got got a drink for myself and the birthday boy. And this is at, like, dinner. This is, like, at, you know, six or seven. So I ended up having three drinks between, like, seven and, I don't know, like, 11. Maybe I stopped just before 11. We stayed out till I think twelve thirty or one, but after eleven, I just switched to water. I had water for the last two hours, right. and I could have gone home, but I didn't. I said, "No, I'll stay out with you guys, but I'm just not going to drink." Right. And after being asked if I wanted a shot like five or six, yeah. seven times, you know, like I, I, I just had to tell myself I was like the temptation was like was was fit in, be a part of the group, have a shot. What's the worst that could happen? Like get drunk with the guys, and you can just Uber home and whatever. Like have fun. But the the sensible part of me was like. This is my friend. He doesn't judge me. I would rather not be a hungover tomorrow. 
I want to work out. I would like to save money. I'd still like to drive home. And I came out for my friend's party, so I showed up. I'm a good friend, and I'm having a blast, and I don't need to be more drunk. I would, right. only, I would only be doing that to appease them because they want to have shots. Like, it's his birthday. I want him to get wasted. I'll give him shots. But, right. like, like I already had fun drinks. I had a good little buzz during the concert. And then yeah. when we went to a club after that, I was like, I don't need, you know, I don't need shots right now in this, like, fake bar with people that want dudes with money. I was like, I'm just here to be <laughs> with my friend. So I moderated perfectly. I was yeah. like, I saved money. I Nobody judged me. Like, nobody was mad that I didn't drink more the next day. Like, it was a successful night because it's those little battles, right? You can't win the war without the battles. Like, had I had you know, four more drinks, that would have been, you know, 800 more calories that I, you know, I had to burn the next day and a hangover that I would have had to fight through. Instead, I felt great the next day, went and worked out. It was awesome. Well, you know, it's funny that you mentioned this because it's a very interesting thing. You said that you didn't do it because you didn't want it and you realized that you were there for your friend and you didn't need to drink and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, those people that are enabling, whether it's, you know, have another slice of cake, have another piece a lot of times they're doing that because they feel self-conscious. Like they don't want yeah. you to. So they're like, if we could bring you down to my level, then I'll have a better time. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it says a lot about like your state of mind, like that it, it's hard sometimes to be on it. And when you're on a diet, I, I come from a place that, I mean, Northeastern Pennsylvania, they revolve life around food and drinks. And if you say you're, you can't or you don't want it. It's like insulting. People get mad. They will push, 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 push. And it's hard. It really is hard. But at the end of the day, you have to get up tomorrow morning. You have to feel the way you have to feel. You have to work or not work. And, and a true friend would never give you a hard time for doing what is best for you. Right, right. So it's it's one of those things. It's like when you make these commitments you know, to a healthy lifestyle, which I clearly haven't made that decision yet um you can say i'm gonna go out and i'm only gonna have two drinks or i'm only gonna have two i mean when you said have two slices of pizza i thought well that's just crazy <laughs> who just has two slices of I'm pizza? Talking about that's big, not reality <laughs> big big like new york city like, oh, like size of your face yeah but um yeah it's about you and but would you rather day, it's about would you, you would you rather live in a world where you can have no pizza or you want four, but you have two. Oh, I wouldn't live in a world without pizza. So, right. <laughs> I mean, that's, but see, my mentality, and it always has been this way, even when I was super, super skinny, is I would rather, I used to think, well, I'd rather starve myself for three days and eat that whole pizza till I'm full. And because I don't know moderation. And I have learned that my biggest thing is I have to learn the moderation because it's the extreme that keeps me out of balance. And for me, out of balance is a bad place. I, I know that this is a real issue for people and and don't feel ashamed or that you're crazy or you're just fat, blah, blah, blah. It's a real issue and people do want to help you and make yourself accountable to them and let them help you. If you accountability is the number one thing. If you if you say, I'm gonna lose weight, not gonna happen. But like men especially, we're very competitive. If you make a, a deal, if you find another friend who's about, you know, as overweight as you are and you say Whoever loses the most weight this month, like buys the other one dinner or whatever. Like, like now there's competition and it's a win-win. Like if you lose, you still try hard, but if you win, you win and you're in better shape. Like you, that accountability has to be built in. Now, the other thing I I was talking about with fast food is remember I talked about how like, you know, pizza is not bad. You just need to moderate pizza. So Let's say you're trying to break the habit, you know, of going to McDonald's every day for lunch and you make it three weeks. Well, the goal isn't to just say, okay, I can never have McDonald's again. The goal is I should get to a point where I could once in a while have McDonald's and not go off the deep end and need to have it every day. Then, you know, you've gotten to the right mental place where you're like, I can moderate this bad food. The same way, like I can go to the bar and I can go, I can stop it at three drinks. Now, if you know that you can't stop it at three drinks, you have a problem with alcohol and you probably shouldn't ever drink ever. But if you're like me and you're like, okay, well, probably had a little too much to drink here and there and binge drink like in college. But as a responsible adult, I have the power to cut it off at three. I have friends that don't have the power to cut it off at three. So they don't (laughs) or they know they just need to not drink. So the goal is for me, like as a nutritionist, the goal for me is to not tell someone like you can't have McDonald's, you have a problem. The goal is let's just try to have less McDonald's. And then when you do go, maybe make better choices. And once you've lost a little bit of weight, reward yourself with something that you would have before. And you might find that you don't even want it. Like that's the other thing. I remember going once you've built up months steam, and months you're and like, months. why would I even want to go? Right. Back? Like yeah. if I tell you, if I tell you like, Hey, if you lose 20 pounds this month, you can have all the pizza you want for an entire weekend. When you, if you lose 20 pounds, you're going to be like, 
But how much am I going to gain back if I do that? And I'm going to go, exactly. And you're going to be like, okay, I don't even want it. Or, like, <laughs> or you're going to go and you're going to give go thinking you're going to have, you know, two trays of pizza. You're going to have three or four slices that be so full and feel like crap. You don't want it anymore. Yeah, now your stomach's smaller. Right. You know. um, but, you know, I just I think that I, I, I do believe that there is something about these processed foods for certain people that really do trigger certain things in their body. And and there is an addictive quality to them. Yeah, we we crave sugar, salt, and fat. So anything that has all three of those, whew, like Pringles, once you pop, you can't stop. Well, it's got monosodium glutamate, salt, and <laughs> processed carbohydrate, and it's dehydrated, so you can fit more of it in your How mouth funny without is water. That? Their jingle is literally telling you you'll get addicted. <laughs> yeah, and we still buy yeah, them. <laughs> their jingle is there's no fucking way in hell you're having one of these. Right, like it's not just try. Happen. And so I remember, like, you know, when I was dieting for show and I was tracking my macros. Um, I bought like a bag of chips and it was like 10 servings in a bag. And I was like, man, like if I wasn't dieting for a show, I'd plow through this bag. Of course. Who can eat one serving of potato chips? It's like seven potato chips. Are you kidding? I bought that bag of chips and I bought Ziploc bags and I portioned them out into 10 servings. And I like had two. And after two, I was like, man, I want more, but I I can't. That's my calories for the day. And I went to bed hungry because that kind of stuff, the inherent, the quote unquote inherently unhealthy stuff is usually very easy to overeat. Like think about it like this, like a, like a, a cup of, like, or like the size of your fist, like the size of your fist, that's probably 2000 calories worth of peanut butter. The size of your fist is probably 40 calories worth of broccoli. So what do you think is going to fill you up sooner? Right. Right. Like broccoli has more water and fiber. Fiber is filling. It slows digestion. Right. So I tell, like, I get people all the time. They're like, well, Blake, I don't want to track calories to make sure that I'm in a deficit. I go, okay, well, wh- what's your issue? They're like, I overeat dinner. I go, okay, before dinner, I want you to eat four cups of broccoli and see if you overeat dinner. And they're like, that's a lot of broccoli. I'm like, well, you don't want to track calories, so I guess right. you're eating a lot of broccoli before. Like, <laughs> well, and th- so this documentary I did, and my friend Heather, who's going to be a guest, and she's a nutritionist, and she's amazing. And is one she of the single? things she is, she's gorgeous. What's up? Um, yeah, <laughs> I could do an introduction <laughs> there. Um, she, what she taught us was to take two cups of greens and put them down on your plate, and then put whatever you're eating on top of it, and make sure you're eating those greens with with it. And it really did work. It really helped fill you up. You know, I, you wouldn't finish the whole plate, but also you were packing the nutrients in your body that it was helping your body perform better. Cool. And and I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, my doctor always says I'm, you know, such a fit fat guy because uh, I still do that. I still, even if I'm eating crap, I still make sure I shove those greens in me and I have my my smooth, my green smoothies because I know at least I'm giving my body a fighting chance. Yeah. And I would, I would rather be overweight and have perfect blood pressure, cholesterol, LDL, yeah. blood glucose, and all that, and just happen to be overweight, then be skinny and have all those things be terrible. Right. Um, like my, my mom. My mom's, you know, she's 67. She's a little bit overweight, but it's because she drowns her food in olive oil, and she eats so many, <laughs> so many, so much fruit. Like, so she's really healthy. Like, she'd like to be a little skinnier, but at yeah. least she's healthy. Well, and I mean, I have a lot of people in my life who are super skinny. They'll have a salad, and they dump ranch dressing on it, and they're super skinny. They eat horrible foods they're not healthy just because i'm you know the fat guy in west hollywood doesn't mean i'm unhealthy and in fact recently i was with people and they were so shocked at the energy i have and how i can move and and how my lifestyle is i mean i'm a very active person because i do know enough to know that the aesthetics will come later when i get my issues under control but the important stuff is that my body can function and you know make sure that you pack pack yourself with good stuff and i learned that from my friend heather who i will introduce you to because you guys would be a cute little couple (laughs) Um, no but heather heather made a good point like if i if i go out to eat and i have a plate of food right i typically would have like you know a steak mashed potatoes and broccoli and the tendency is i want to plow through the steak and the mashed potatoes and then that makes me full and then i don't eat the broccoli so i ate the calorie dense stuff i didn't eat the healthy stuff well imagine if you eat an order of priority imagine if you eat the fibrous, you know, healthy vegetable first, and then you slowly bite by bite, eat the steak, which has more protein, is more satiating. By the time you eat the broccoli first, then the steak, you might be too full to have the mashed potatoes, or you might just eat half of it. And it might sound silly that, okay, well, one was eating the whole plate and one was eating all of it, except for half of the mashed potatoes. Over a lifetime of only eating half the mashed potatoes, that adds up because that's two, that's two and a half miles. You didn't have to run that day. Like that's, that's, that adds up. It's the little things. People are like, like when I, I'll get somebody and they're like, you're not going to take away my cereal or you're not going to make me eat oats. I'm like, have your cereal in the morning, but let's get you on like skim milk or almond milk instead of whole milk. And they're like, that's a difference of 60 calories or 80 calories. I'm like, that's a difference of 80 calories over your lifetime. Right. Like it's just making the better decision. So 
so many people, they make these changes and they lose like one pound the first week and they're like, man, that was a lot of work. I don't even look better yet. I'm like, you have to just keep doing keep going, it. Keep going. Like, and I know it's it's so uh, cliche and redundant, but it's really not about, it's not about a diet. It's not about the fad. It's about making that lifestyle change. And it's ironic that I sit here talking about making lifestyle changes because sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. But I have learned that the important thing is your health is you have to really, you know, no one is going to worry about your health other than you. You have to be on top of that. And honestly, the earlier in your life that you set that pattern of of being healthy and have that lifestyle change, the better your whole life is going to be. Because you know what? No one has ever said oh, you know, my life would have been so much better if I wasn't fit and healthy. Like that, it just doesn't happen. So, you know. People it, always say, what is it? Uh, uh, nothing tastes as good as skinny feels. Nothing tastes as <laughs> good as not, fit feels. That's not true because yeah. I've been miserable when I'm skinny. <laughs> yeah, but, when you said that you're like, oh, I had like three potato chips and went to bed hungry. I was like, and your life sucks. And that's the end of our podcast. So yeah. like, <laughs> well, the funny thing is like a lot of times that I was, a lot of times that I was like the most like crazy ripped and I was doing photo shoots and stuff like I couldn't go out and party and like I couldn't like reap the benefits of the rippedness because I couldn't be in the environment where you would flaunt it. So that's why the highlight of my week was always going to the beach on the yeah. weekends because I was like, this is the one place where I can be ripped and I don't have to be drinking or doing what I can, can just you imagine if you were like that when you were like that, if you went to like went out to the clubs and you had a cocktail, you would be falling down drunk. Yeah. I mean, because your body has nothing in it. That's the thing. The cool thing about the cool thing about when you get really lean, you don't drink as much is that one drink will do you in. Like oh, yeah. I, I would, st- I would still drink sometimes when I was dieting for contests, but I would have one glass of wine and it would really be like, when you drink in a deficit like, right. <laughs> and, and like, but that's another example of moderation. Like some, some people would argue this isn't healthy, but a lot of times I will skip dinner if I know that I'm going to drink because I will get drunk faster and in a deficit. So instead of having a big pasta dinner and then going out and drinking four beers, I'll skip dinner, have two beers, be drunk, and go home and still be in a deficit for the day. Like, that's yeah, a win-win. See, this is where you and I differ and where you do not have addictive personality because I'll skip that dinner, still drink those four beers, and get out of control. <laughs> so it's not, not good advice for lots of you out there listening, okay? So just know what works for you and know what doesn't. But um, all right, well... You know, you really have so much to say, and you're doing really great things. And I, I love one more thing. Oh, one more thing. Okay, keep going. People need to not do extreme things. A lot of people are like, "Screw this! I'm cutting out dairy, gluten, meat, process." No, that's how do you gonna how are you gonna find out which thing is is hurting you or bad for you if you cut them all out? Like, you need to be like, I'm not gonna eat dairy for two weeks and then reintroduce dairy and see if it changed your life right i'm not going to eat wheat for two weeks and then reintroduce wheat see if it you know and you can pick apart and you can go this whole time i just had an issue with flour or this whole time i just dairy didn't sit with me. you know you sh- people just go on this crazy thing where they're like i'm going to go from eating all of these amazingly bad or inherently bad, bad right. maybe not good or bad but i'm going to go from what i always have done my entire life to yeah. doing something completely different and then give up and go back to what i did what if what if the only thing that you did differently this month was when you go to Cheesecake Factory, you just don't have the bread and butter before dinner? Yeah. You still eat whatever you want at dinner. Nothing in your life changes. But you just, for the first time in your life, go to Cheesecake Factory and don't have the bread and butter. Then you can walk out of there and be like, that was one small change. One that wasn't that. Yep. And then yeah. the next morning you go, okay, I'm not going to have the, you know, the... The drive-through for breakfast. I'm gonna have a an apple, and then right. that, like I like we talked about Small earlier, it's goals. The, the, the snowball. It, it's funny up, that you, know. you brought that up about the cutting things out and extreme because my friend Heather will see me and she'll know immediately. She'll be like, "Oh, you've been eating a lot of wheat, huh?" And I'm like, "What?" She's like, "Oh, because you're puffy and your cheeks are red. If I don't eat wheat." I don't get puffy and my cheeks don't look like the Irish that I usually look like. Um, You're right. It's like, know what works for your body. Do what you need to do for you. Be moderate and still live life. I mean, enjoy life. I mean, come on. Food's good. Enjoy it. But just don't take it to the uh, other extreme. Yeah. You don't have to live in a world without pizza. You just need to have less pizza. Right. You can have pizza. You don't have to have the pizza store. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? you can have your cake and eat it too, but you just need to log it, track it, and don't have it in excess. Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, it was a pleasure having you. And I really encourage people to go to your um, social media and and to check out your um, website. Um, he really does great 
uh, videos and I hope he's going to be doing more uh, Instagram videos and his Insta stories. And if for nothing else, just his dog's super cute. And when he's on the, the skateboard with his dog taking him down the street, it's just one of the coolest things. Before you go, uh, I asked three questions to everybody. So and one of them we pretty much already covered, but name a time in your life that you felt like you failed or it was a time in your life that wasn't great. And how do you look at that time now? Um, I was engaged for 48 hours and, uh, I thought I had met like the girl of my dreams, but she was crazy and it was toxic. And I, 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 I never, ever give up on things. I never like to give up and me, me never giving up on her was killing me. And it's still hard to let go of, but me letting go of that made me the strongest I've ever been because for me, my whole life, my biggest weakness has been like women or love. Like I, nothing can pair it like losing a job or a fight with a friend, whatever. Nothing paralyzes me more than heartbreak. And I'm so easy to kind of give my heart up. And when I got to LA and I didn't have any friends and I didn't network or whatever, like my whole life was in this girl that was toxic. Um, after that, I, I mean, I came out of the other side with, with nothing. But right. once you've hit rock bottom, the only place you can go is up. Yep. So that's why, you know, I had, like I said, I've had my, um, I've had my, that was my emotional rock bottom. And then I had my financial rock bottom. And now like, as long as nobody kills my dog, there's nothing you can do to me. <laughs> you know, like I could crash my car when I leave here, you know, I could get cancer and I would defeat it. Like nothing, like I truly believe that my mind is strong enough that nothing can get to me because I've been through that, you know, I've been through, what is it? Winston Churchill. Like if you're going through hell, keep going. Right. Like I kept going. And so for those people out there, they're just like, I don't know if I can lose weight. Well, don't stop trying. Or I don't like, like life lessons from a total failure. Like all I do is keep failing. We'll keep failing until you see and learn from them. And like, this is life lessons from a, from a reality star failure. Right. So, (laughs) So, yeah. And, and, you know, as I say in the tagline of this show, it's like failures and issues and struggles are only the plot twists needed to get us to where we're meant to be. So it's, it's a good mentality. So I'm, I'm glad that you found, found that in, in your life. Uh, second thing, uh, your perfect ideal day, would it be hanging out at the beach, uh, exploring a city, hiking a mountain, or building a snowman? So I have one that was not listed. Okay. So my perfect day would be waking up in the mountains, got a foot of fresh powder overnight. Oh, right. You're a snowboarder, right? Yep. And, you know, have some bacon, bacon and eggs, and maybe some toast and a coffee, and maybe smoke a really fat bowl that has no calories. Okay. And then, uh, and then you know, yeah. And then you take a chairlift to this, the top of an awesome mountain, just covered in snow on a bright, you know, blue day, perfect temperature. Okay. And just shred buttery powder all day with your friends. Oh man, and you then, are a bro. And then you know, at the end of the day, you go to the bottom of the mountain at Beaver Creek, and they give you these fresh size of your head, warm, fresh made chocolate chip cookies, and you eat a chocolate chip cookie stone with your buddy and then you go back home and you drink beers in the jacuzzi and that used to be my life oh and that sidebar um to those who do not live in a state that marijuana is legal if it's illegal i do not suggest you go smoke a bowl and for our friends that are under 18 i am not saying that is a good thing to do but if it's if you live in a state that it's allowed and you're over 18 then it is your choice all all things in moderation (laughs) all things in moderation all right and the last and most important question what is your favorite theme song I have a favorite, like, I have a favorite, um, like, theme montage. Okay. Have you ever seen, what is it, 300 Days of Summer or 500 Days of Summer, the movie? Yep, yep, yep. Do you remember the scene where after he got laid, they play Hall and Oates, you make my dreams come true, and he, like, leads the marching oh, yeah. band down do, the street? Do, yeah. That is my favorite song in the world. And I, you anytime. Make my dreams come true. <laughs> like, that yep. song, if I'm having a bad day, I put that song on, I'm like, everything's okay. That's a good one. And I think of that scene. And I'm like, and, and just, Hall and Oates, they just make you feel good, yeah. right? Very good one. All right. So, Blake, how do people follow you? What's your hashtags or handles, all that crap? At Blake Los Angeles on Instagram. Um, at Blake Los Angeles on YouTube is my professional drumming videos. But if you just Google Blake Ellerby or Blake Los Angeles, like you'll find it. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, well, oh, my dog is, uh, at Calvin the Pitbull. At Calvin the Pitbull. And he is, he's a cute <laughs> one too. My, uh, cousin Rachel has a, a, a dog. She has a, uh, his name is Birkin and he's Birkin the Bulldog on Instagram and he's cutest pictures. I love to follow. I'm such a dog guy. You know, I do love to follow my dogs. Anyway, it was a pleasure having you. We have talked for over two hours. Woo! So, um, I wish you the best. Everybody make sure you follow him, support him, learn from him. And, uh, thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. And if you enjoyed our podcast today, make sure to hit subscribe and rate, review us and follow along on social media at LLTF the podcast.
I absolutely love getting to this podcast. It is so much fun and want to be able to continue doing it for a long time to come. But it takes a lot of time and money, and that's where you come in. If you think you'd like to donate, check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash LLTF the podcast, or you can donate via Venmo at LLTF the podcast.